Good morning, good afternoon, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome everybody. This is Partner First, uh, where we discuss subject matter experts, vendors of note, thought leaders in the MSP space. Today is absolutely no different. Just as a reminder, we're doing this during the workday. So if you have to step away, I apologize. Uh, but it's recorded, uh, being live on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. And you can go back and watch uh, if you have to walk away for any reason whatsoever. But it's going to be a great episode, so you kind of want to hang out, hang around. And joining me today is Mr. Nick Wolf. How are you doing, my friend? Hey, doing well. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thanks for being on. Uh, so talk to me about, uh, for the people who don't know you, uh, yes, we're going to talk Evo, but let's talk about you, the man, the myth, the legend. Let's talk about you and some of your background. How'd you get here? Yeah, so um, I started in the MSP channel about 12 years ago. I was one of the very first employees at this tiny little backup company. You might have heard of it. It was Datto. Um, uh, <laughs> went to high school with Austin, the CEO. Uh, started in at the ground floor. Uh, worked very closely with Rob Ray and some other people on the sales team. Uh, was there for about a good solid nine years. Got to engage with a lot of partners there, selling the, the backup and disaster recovery solutions to them. So an absolute fantastic ride while I was in high school, while I was in college, and even after college. So uh, really, really great opportunity there. Uh, after Datto, I stayed in the channel. I knew, really knew that uh, I wanted to work with MSPs for the rest of my career. So I went on to a, another cybersecurity startup called Scout Cybersecurity, which was XDR services for MSPs. Uh, did that for about two years, uh, had a successful exit with uh, Barracuda Networks. And uh, now I'm over here at uh, Evo Security. And you're on mute again. Yes. <laughs> uh, so besides, um, besides uh, being a, uh, a lengthy history in the MSP space, you have quite a lengthy history in security in particular. Uh, I imagine that helps you in your current role over at Evo, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah the, the amount of cybersecurity knowledge I gained from Scout has absolutely been invaluable. It definitely helped my career uh, out uh, a drastic amount. Awesome. So talk to me about, uh, so talk to me about Evo security. Uh, give us a high level. Obviously we have a presentation. We'll go over through all that. Um, the partners definitely want to know how to succeed with identity and access management, but at a high level, what is Evo Security? Yeah, so we're an identity and access management vendor specifically built for MSPs and MSSPs. We're a 100% channel only company. You know, we live, breathe, and eat MSPs. That's what we want to do all day, every day here. And really what we're trying to do is trying to design a full identity and access management platform for MSPs, which is going to consist of multi-factor authentication, single sign-on, as well as privileged access management which will ultimately give MSPs vendor consolidation in their cybersecurity tech stack. So instead of having to use one vendor for MFA, one vendor for SSO, one vendor for privileged access management, you know, you might be able to partner with us over here at Evo and we could check off all three of those boxes for you. Nice. So uh, identity and access management, uh, let's, let's talk about that a little bit because it's something um, in the enterprise world and the high level networking world, this is, pretty commonplace has been for shit, 20, 30 years um, at minimum. Um, but you don't, you don't hear referred to that exactly in the MSP space, um, at least not in my experience. Um, can you give us some background on what, uh, what I am is? Yeah, absolutely. So the number one uh, way cyber secure, uh, cyber criminals breach companies is typically through social engineering. This could be done via phishing attacks, spear phishing, brute force attacks, et cetera. 
So really the I in identity and access management stands for identity. This is what we're going to do to stop criminals from entering through the front door. And in order to do that, typically a lot of MSPs are deploying some sort of MFA or SSO solution. That way you could verify that your users are who they say they are. Yes, this is really Nick. This is really Ray. It's not the hacker that got Ray's username and password off the off the dark web. So finding out, you know, and verifying that identity and that they are who they say they are is absolutely critical in IAM. Uh, Yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Typically, A stands for access, meaning that once you're inside the machine, you typically want to have the least privilege as possible. That way, that's going to prevent cyber criminals from having any lateral movements should they actually breach your identity and gain access to, to your environment. So we really want to lock it down. You know, gone are the days where, you know, every user uh, on a network is an admin user. We really don't want that. Um, I mean, it does make life easier, though, <laughs> just, a, just a little bit. Um, so you had a presentation today. Uh, we can bring that up if you're ready to do that. Um, yeah, what, yeah. What are we talking about today? Yeah, sure thing. So today we're going to be talking about, uh, you know, secure, simplify and succeed with identity and access management. That's really what, what we're looking to accomplish here. And the, the last piece of IAM that I want to touch on is really the M, which stands for management. So this means giving MSPs one central place to manage all aspects of their IAM. And that's really what we're looking to accomplish here for, for MSPs for sure. Okay, that makes, yeah. that makes sense. Yep. So if you haven't heard of Evo uh, in the past, just a super quick history about us here. Um, we were founded in 2018. We're based out of Austin, Texas. So we are, you know, USA based roughly 30 employees right now and about 130 MSP and MSSP partners that are doing business with us today. Nice. Yep. So going back to the basics, one of the core components of IAM is really going to be built around multi-factor authentication and single sign-on. Back in the day, you know, a a lot of users, they just typed in their username, their password, and that was it. But the cybersecurity landscape is changing. What you're going to see going forward is that a a lot of institutions, if they're not already doing it, they're really making uh, multi-factor authentication a requirement, especially for compliance, as well as cybersecurity insurance as well. So multi-factor authentication is going to be huge going forward. That way, if those credentials get stolen by the bad guys, they're kind of useless because in order to access your workstations, your servers, your web applications, your firewalls, the bad guys don't need the username, just the username and passwords anymore. They also need that MFA. And by only giving that MFA code to the actual user, that really is going to reduce your risk of compromise uh, for sure. And I love how everybody has MFA enabled 100% across the board on every single application. I'm so proud of the MSP space. (laughs) If they're not doing it already, you you really, really should. It's not just having MFA enabled for one user, and it's that one user that accesses the server. It really needs to be MFA enabled for all users for really everything that's on the network. Lock it down. Uh, put it everywhere on your laptops, on your web applications, on your VPNs, on your switches, on your firewalls, wherever you could do it. It's really going to help you reduce the risk of compromise. Kind of like, yeah. um, you know, you you always insert your PIN number at a gas station when you're when you're swiping your card, right? Gone are the mm-hmm. days where you could just put a credit card in and, okay, uh, you could get money out or you could start pumping gas. Everybody's now requiring, all right, you got to put in your PIN code, you got to put in your zip code because, just having that username and password, just having that credit card isn't secure enough anymore. You, you need that secondary layer of security. 
But you bring up a great point. That's one of the things that always makes me laugh. Like for the users or the MSPs that complain about the users that don't want to do MFA, I'm like, have you never pumped gas? Like, I don't, even with the tap to pay, they still ask for your credit card, your zip code. Like that's still there. Yep. Um, so, I mean, but a lot of people just don't look at that and compare it as MFA, but it's absolutely MFA. It's a thing you have, a thing you know. It's, there you go. Yep. All right. So multi-factor good. How does the Evo play into this making good better? Yeah. So with us, we're, we're really bringing down multi-factor authentication down to the MSP space where they can white label us and resell us to their end user customers. You know, there's a lot of legacy tools out there that do MFA. What we're doing a little bit differently is we're designing a platform specifically for managed service providers and their customers. So multi-tenancy, no long-term contracts, no big minimum commitment purchase or anything like that. It's really all designed around securing the MSPs and their small and medium-sized business customers. Mm. Um, yes, as a channel-only company. There you go. Yeah, there's a, it, the questions always come up. Are you channel only? What's the pricing? Blah, blah. So you can yeah. expect those. Uh, there was a question, though, from Keith. Uh, if we can hold it for later, we can ask now. I, I don't want to, if you're going to come across it later, but um, he was talking about consolidation, things he, he likes putting everything under one basket, makes it easier for billing and support. Um, do you have a migration path from Duo or from other competitors that are yeah. doing MFA? Yeah, I mean, uh, look, there, there's big players in the room. We see Duo all the time, Octo all the time, Microsoft Authenticator all the time. Not that they're necessarily bad products. It's just that, in our opinion, those are more enterprise-focused tools for enterprise use cases, whereas we're building our product specifically for MSPs and their SMB use cases. And when I say SMBs, I sell Evo to end customers that have one employee at one site to you know a couple hundred employees at a, at a couple different sites. So yes, absolutely. We we uh, we bring uh, customers over from Duo and Okta and those legacy tools, you know, all the time. Yeah, this is one of those things where, you know, it's not so much. There's plenty of times where you know you you have another product. I don't want to say better or worse, but another product that may fit your stack, your use it, your use case better. And the pain point is the migration. It's not getting it implemented. It's the migration from something else. So that's good to know. Um, so Gary's asking here, um, how does this stack up against Duo? Uh, we don't want to talk ill of anybody else, but if you have any pros that are pro Evo, definitely want to hear them. Um, and there's a second <laughs> there's there was a second question from Gary with Microsoft. Uh, will Microsoft recognize you as MFA for conditional access? Because I know with Duo specifically, they do not. So. Um, yeah. 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 So we haven't had any uh, issues there with Microsoft. We have a lot of users that are deploying us to, you know, Office 365 uh, and Azure AD online. So no issues there. Uh, going back to the Duo question uh, and how we stack up against it. Look, Duo is going to have MFA. Evo is going to have MFA. We're, we're, we're checking a, a lot of the same boxes. One of the things that's going to be different than us than Duo is, is absolutely going to be our, our pricing model, uh, we're about a half to a third the cost of what you'd be seeing with the entry-level duo plans. Additionally, we're doing extra steps for our MSPs when it comes to networking MFA. So with us, we're actually spinning up and hosting a cloud radius server for you. If you want to establish MFA on your, your firewalls, your switches, and your, your routers, typically with duo, you as the MSP would have to spin that up your, yourself, which could be you know a little bit more time consuming and it's an extra resource you have to worry about. Um, with us, that's not going to be the case. We're hosting it for you uh, on the network level. Okay, and I apologize. That was Richard's question. You were answering about the uh, about the pricing, saying that you come in about half of what uh, Duo comes in at at that level. Um, 
we okay I, so the, when you say network mfa and you're spinning up radio servers that's interesting because that's something like okta does that i believe um or requires you to do that but that's one of those like it's nice that you guys are handling that yep um, one less thing you have to worry about as an msp <laughs> easy is better it's uh it's the absolute truth um so all right so let's keep going then all righty perfect so i think we've all had a couple clients that uh quite frankly uh, they don't listen to you. Uh, even though you're their subject matter expert for all things cybersecurity related, they probably just don't listen to you. Um, so, so really with, with Evo and our MFA, it's really designed to be at a price point that's very attractive for your SMB clients, even the ones that might not listen to you. You can now start, start to finally deploy it to them. Uh, one of my favorite movies is uh, Mel Brooks' Spaceballs. You know, so do, we all oh, have yeah, the clients, you know, did you passed your security awareness test yet? Uh, we sent it to you like three months ago. Uh, sorry, sir, I'm doing my best. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we also have those users that, uh, hey, did you set a complex password? Yeah, I did. It's a one, two, three, four, five. Um, so the idea here of enabling MFA is that even if you have a user that they don't take their cybersecurity awareness training, they set a really easy uh, password, even if they click that phishing link and their username and password gets compromised, that user is still gonna get protected if they have that layer of MFA that's enabled. Because again, the hacker needs that secondary layer of security in order to really log in. Okay, and that, that makes sense. Um, what? Let me ask you something. So as somebody who's working squarely in the, everybody should have MFA on, why do you think, what do you think are the obstacles that are keeping people from doing it? Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, one of the things we see is, quite frankly, users, like, they hate change, you know? Hey, I've been yeah. logging with the same username and the same password, you know, every year for the last eight years. Now, Mr. MSP, you want me to log in with a username and a password that changes every 30 days, and now I have to type in a code on, on top of that? Um, you know, it's convenient for me to just type in my my username and my 12345 password, because... I'm different than other end customers. I am a small business. I, I would never get attacked. Yeah, and I love hearing that. It's not it's not me. I mean, nobody's looking for me. It's I'm too small of a target. Yeah. Yeah. Have an IP you're, address. You're, That's enough. Yeah, you're you're prime picking for, for a cyber attack if you're if you're a small uh small SMB. You know, that's where most right. cyber attacks are, are happening nowadays. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's uh, let's keep going. I'm sure there's going to be lots more questions. Yeah. So one of the other benefits is, you know, let, let's take a word out of Microsoft's playbook, right? You know, MFA having that enabled can block over 99.9% .9 of account compromised attacks. And that's a statistic straight from Microsoft, which I found was very, very interesting. So just doing one simple thing to really, you know, make the end user's life a lot easier when it comes to breaches and attacks and compromise. Yeah, let's uh, and, and so when you said you watch some of our, our videos, so Tony Francisco and I do MSP dispatch twice a week and uh, Tom Lawrence is covering for me this week. And uh, it's crazy the number of stories we have to cover and they could have it could have been a non story if MFA was in place. It, it is ridiculous and honestly embarrassing. Um, you know what I mean? Because if you have an MSP and I get them, I, I can be the hard ass here, but if you have an MSP, the MSP should be the ones like pushing for this and drawing the line. I mean, it's not, it's a non-negotiable. Um, 
But after the hard line, I'll give you the softball question again, since we did already answer it, but uh, I'm sure Dr. Zoyberg is not the only one that's uh, coming in late. Um, you want to say the Y Evo again? Yeah, so uh, there's increasing number of pan solutions out there. Yeah, they, there are. Um, one of the things that is different about Evo is we're not just giving you PAM. We're also giving you MFA and SSO, which really completes the full identity and access management umbrella. A lot of the other channel-only PAM vendors that are out there, and those are great products, don't get me wrong, they're really just focusing on PAM. So you would, as an MSP, still have to find an MFA and an SSO solution out there for your clients, whether it's Duo or Okta or someone else. With us, we're trying to be that one-stop shop, checking off your MFA box, your SSO box, and your PAM box when you're delivering that type of platform to your customers. You know what I'd love to hear just once? I'd love to hear an, M an MSP articulate why they don't do MFA, why they let a client go without MFA. Um, I, I would love to hear that argument from somebody just, just to see what it is, right? Because we see it in the... You see it every day. There are some clients that don't have MFA enabled, some MSPs that say their clients won't do it. I want to hear the argument. Like, I want to hear like what convinced you to say that was okay. Um, do you have detailed reporting? Uh, yes, yes, we do. It's available through our dashboard. Uh, a feature that's not available yet, but we are working on for the future is also going to be a syslog that can be exported to third-party SIM applications. So Excellent. that's something that we're looking to, to do in the future as well. Yeah, I, I know this is the common thing. Drop the client, if fire the client if they won't do your thing. And I know Keith is going to start railing on don't fire clients, but uh, it, it is a pet peeve of mine. Sorry. It's your show, not mine. I apologize for getting on my soapbox. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, what we're seeing is a lot of MSPs, they're making really MFA mandatory as part of their cybersecurity tech stack. Hey, Mr. Customer, if you're using me as an MSP, you're using our vendor for MFA, our vendor for backup, our vendor for EDR, you're using our email security tool. These are the core tools that you're going to use with us as your MSP. And if you don't want this stack, you're not going to be a customer of mine. We've seen that, you know, it's called tough love, but we have seen that. Yeah, yeah it's, you know, so here's the interesting. This is the first time I see a uh, question, but um, how's the support? Do you have a Discord, email, Slack? Uh, and a second question, uh, do you have a Discord where I can show, send my Maydays or Maybays? Sure. <laughs> so, so we are we're a U.S. based uh, uh, support team. You could call us. You could email us. Um, we we have uh, support tickets via Zendesk. We're not on uh, Discord right now, uh, to my knowledge. But yeah, phone and email, and again, U.S. based here. We'll we'll hook you up. Uh, didn't you guys have a? I thought Evo had a MSP Geek channel. We we are in the MSP Geek in Slack as well. Yep. I, okay. Sorry about there you go. We, so we are there as well. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and I, I know it's funny because one of, that's one of those things that um, I did it early on. I think our Discord goes back, the OIT VoIP Discord goes back like three years. We were probably doing it earlier than very early compared to other vendors. Um, and it's now there's plenty of vendors that have their own vendor slacks or discords for the partners. And then a lot of them have just said, our, we'll have a, a channel in MSP Geek. And that is our way to interact with the community. And um, I kind of like it. It's It's nice. Uh, mm -hmm. Go where the MSPs are. So there is a Nevo uh, security channel, just so you know. Yes. Those actually everybody here is on MSP Geek, so you're good. Perfect, awesome. So the the next benefit that I wanted to bring up uh, when it comes to having MFA and SSO enabled at your clients is really, you know, better helping your clients qualify for cybersecurity insurance. 
So there was a recent claim where uh, Travelers Insurance, they actually denied a, a payout because of a breach of a, a, of a cybersecurity claim when it comes to MFA. The end user said that they had MFA installed, and that, that is true. They did have MFA enabled uh, just uh, to protect its firewall. They did not have MFA enabled on the servers as well as the other areas on the network where the compromise occurred. This is why I mentioned it earlier is that it's very important if you're deploying MFA, have it deployed for all users across everything that's on the network, servers, workstations, web applications, networking appliances, et cetera, and really take a closer look at those cybersecurity insurance policies. Don't just blindly check a box because you're not going to get a payout as, as uh, we see in this example through Traveler's Insurance. They said, yes, we're using MFA, but they were really just using MFA on the firewall level. The breach happened on the server level. If MFA was enabled on the server, odds are this attack would not have happened. Uh, so they're questioning, um, Gary's asking, can I get a link to that? So the actual presentation is available for download, uh, go.oit.co slash Evo security, and you will have this exact uh, presentation if any of you guys want it. Yep. And um, if for whatever reason you can't find it, hit me up on LinkedIn and uh, I'll, 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 I'll chat it over to you. Yep. And uh, we'll put your LinkedIn up on the screen too, uh, so they can go grab it. And it'll be in the show notes, of course. Um, all right, cool. Uh, so if they would have had Evo, they would have been fine. No, I mean, like, okay. That's... Or even if they had MFA, they'd be fine. Anything. If you're not using me, please use one and of my that's... competitors. Just have MFA enabled. And that's the thing that kills me. MFA is free. I mean, I get the SSO tax website and some vendors charge for MFA, but like uh, Google Authenticator is free. Microsoft Authenticator is free. Salesforce Authenticator is free. There's a bunch of free ones. It's a miser It's misery to manage this in MSP. That's why these solutions exist, but there's no excuse for no MFA. I'm sorry. All right, we can move on. <laughs> All righty, perfect. So really uh, what I wanted to do next is switch gears into the second half of IAM beyond MFA and SSO. And that's really around privileged access management. Um, right now, what we see a lot of MSPs still doing is th they're sharing usernames, they're sharing admin passwords. You know, Typically an MSP, they're gonna have their level one or level two technician that they have to troubleshoot a client server, great. They'll connect to that server using their RMM tool, fine. But then when they're at that uh, client server, in order to get that admin credential, that admin username or admin password to that client's machine, Typically, they're stopping, they're looking it up in their IT documentation tool or an Excel file or their password manager. They're doing the old copy, the old paste, and then they're logging in. The issue with that is you have now exposed that technician to that admin credential. They're, they're, they're now seeing the keys to the kingdom in addition to taking time out of their day uh, to actually look up and see that username and that password. Right. We're trying to do a little bit of a, of a different approach here with uh, privileged access management. So in our use case, uh, technicians have the ability to log in as themselves. So Nick is going to log in as Nick. Ray is going to log in as Ray. They're going to do their username and their password uh, when they need admin credentials for a client's machine to do whatever they need to do. A push notification will get sent to their phone that they approve. Once they approve of it on their phone, they're now in that client's machine as an administrator. So the idea here is that technicians no longer need to look up, copy, paste, share admin credentials ever again. It's really designed to around locking it down even on the MSP technician level while still giving them access to actually do their job. Okay. And that's that's and everything is logged, I would imagine. You're logging all access, all changes, yep. all that stuff. 
Yep. Okay. So we know when when Ray is logging into the client's machine, where is he he's logging in from? That that's all going to be tracked. Yep. Um, I understand you're going to have integrations. Uh, you're going to have the syslog availability to push out to a sim um, in the near term or one. Do you know when that's coming out? Uh, I, I do not know when it's coming out, but it's definitely something that we talk about often here with my CTO and my security team. So I would say sooner rather than later. But I don't want to be the guy that says, yeah, it'll be tomorrow at 4 p.m. Uh, I got you. <laughs> In the interim, do you have any kind of uh, alerting option set up? So if somebody does access like a, a super important account or something like that? So you have the ability within the Evo dashboard to see failed logins and things of that nature. Um, but again, we're looking to really increase uh, our reporting and our visibility more with various other integrations in the future for sure. Gotcha. Okay. Um, what other, there was a question here, I think from Rich, uh, what other integrations do you guys have? Yeah. So we have a lot of custom scripts that can be deployed through any RMM tool. So if you're using your ConnectWise Automate or CWRMM or DataRMM, it's very, very easy to install our lightweight agent with, uh, throughout RMM tools. And then uh, other integrations would be, you know, for web applications, for MFA and SSO, we support anything that has a SAML certificate. So again, gone are the days where your users have to type in their username and password when they're logging into Facebook and Office 365 and Google Workplace and all these other different websites. The idea with Evo is they sign in once and they gain access to everything that they would need to gain access to. Okay. Uh, that's nice. So anything, I mean, SAML is uh, pretty widespread at this point. Yep. Um, so pretty easy to, uh, to address. Okay, cool. Awesome. Moving along here. So some of the benefits of really implementing privileged access management, whether you're using me or one of my competitors, is that number one, you really don't want your technicians having the keys to the kingdom. Because in a lot of ways, if your technician is exposed to uh, the technician's uh, the username and password for this MS, MSP's end user's account, if you fire that technician, now you have to go back and manually update and rotate all of the passwords that that MSP uh, technician could have ever seen. Because again, you don't want him doing malicious things once he leaves your MSP or posting those credentials on the dark web. So it's a, it's a very manual process for the MSP business owner to now go back and see, all right, what did Bob, my level two technician see? Now I have to go back and change you know, the 50 end users that he's been accessing over the last year or two. So with privileged access management, you really don't have to worry about your technicians walking out the doors with the keys to the kingdom, because ideally if privileged access management is enabled, they should have never seen those credentials to begin with. Okay. And that, that I mean, that makes a big, that absolutely makes sense, right? You want to give them access to do what they need to do without actually knowing what they're doing. There, there's plenty of ways to uh, escalate privilege without, you know, giving them the keys to the kingdom, like you said. Correct. All right. Okay. Uh, there's a question here. Let's uh, from Keith. Uh, let's bring that up real quick. Uh, it says, "I heard the plans to integrate with all ConnectWise products and BrightGauge, which is also a ConnectWise products." <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. So Evo, Evo actually has a strategic partnership that we launched with ConnectWise uh, last year. So we're super excited about that. We are available through the ConnectWise uh, marketplace and their cybersecurity sales team. So if you're buying, you know, Sentinel One through ConnectWise or Perch through ConnectWise, uh, you could absolutely buy Evo through ConnectWise as well. You know, same invoice, same same line, same invoice that you would get uh, through your ConnectWise uh, account manager. So we're super excited about that. 
And going forward, you know, ConnectWise is probably going to be one of those areas of focus for us. I mentioned earlier, we're doing a syslog that can be exported to third-party SIMs, purchase one of those SIMs that we're looking into. We're looking into a ConnectWise managed PSA billing integration as well. Again, it's not something that we have today or tomorrow, but that's sort of the area of what we're going to be going down. And then last but not least, uh, we're looking into how we could better integrate with our AZO platform. So while okay. we have nothing today, you know, it's definitely conversations that we're having uh, for sure. You know, it's on your landscape, it's on your roadmap and the reason, or it's at least on your, uh, your radar. And the reason that matters is because MSPs want to know, am I going to be seat hopping? Where am I going to have to go get this? You know, so knowing that those integrations are at least on, on the radar, it makes a big difference. Yep. Um, and again, that's the difference between one of these giant enterprise plays and somebody catering to MSPs. Yep. Perfect. So the other benefit I wanted to talk about, about uh, having privileged access management deployed at clients is really complying with uh, your CIS controls. So for those of you who don't know about CIS controls, it's it's a third party organization that's really around building cybersecurity best practices to increase security posture. So a lot of the ways uh, you could better qualify for the CIS controls is, you know, not sharing, not sharing admin credentials anymore. Uh, having MFA enabled, uh, restricting who has access to those privileged accounts, et cetera. Uh, Ray, have you have have you had any experience with CIS controls either now or in one of your past lives? Oh yes, oh yes. Actually, I've done some webinars with uh, Sention uh, and CISA, and yeah, yeah, <laughs> they're not fun. Thankfully, I have a CTO that he has to deal with all that stuff. So yay. <laughs> mm -hmm. Good stuff. And then the last thing I really wanted to touch on here is going to be really built around time saving. So as an MSP with your technicians right now, you know, with a lot of MSPs, what they're doing is they're looking up that admin credential, that username, that password, they're, they're copying and they're pasting it from their IT documentation tool or their password manager or Excel. And then they're, they're pasting it in and they're, they're continuing on with their work. Uh, so that's all time savings that's going to be solved with privileged access management. The other way of time savings that you will have is if that employee leaves your organization, you no longer have to manually update, and rotate the password. Uh, your passwords are no longer stored in those documentation tools. If you're using Evo in this example, they would be stored and encrypted by Evo. Um, your technicians never see those passwords. And as an added layer of security, that admin password that Evo's vaulting is going to be rotated on an hourly basis. So two layers of security there is that, again, uh, your technicians no longer see the password and those passwords get automatically rotated. So you no longer have to spend time rotating passwords and you no longer have to spend time copying and pasting passwords. Are you, how are you accomplishing the, uh, the password rotations? Is it an agent that installs on systems or... How's that yes. going? Yep. It's okay. going to be a lightweight agent that's going to be installed uh, onto the client's endpoints that those Windows or Mac machines. Correct. So that brings up uh, that goes right into Dean's question. Who watches the watchman? How do you protect uh, not only from him, but from yourselves? Um, you know, I think this is referring to zero trust. We've seen the last pass, the, you know, ad nauseum last pass events and others. Um, but as a security company, how do you guys protect against that? Yeah, so all the credentials, they're no longer going to be stored in LastPass or IT Glue or Excel, wherever they're going to be stored anymore. They're going to be stored within the, the Evo Cloud Console using AES-256 bit encryption. Our, us as employees of Evo don't have access to see those credentials. The only person that's going to have access to see those credentials is the primary account holder of the MSP. So, And that should be like the business owner, not 
the, the level one or level two text because we don't want those passwords to be seen anywhere. Uh, and the only time you would actually have to utilize those passwords is if, for whatever reason, if you end up leaving Evo and you know you need your admin credentials back, right? Um, right. So those would be the examples uh, there. Okay. Uh, and what about, I know you mentioned ConnectWise Marketplace. Are you with any other distributors at the moment? So, nope, we're exclusive to uh, ConnectWise right now. They're our main distributor. We're also available through uh, Solutions Granted, which is a master MSSP. Um, they actually won the ASCII vendor of the year for the last two vendor uh, for the last two years in the row. So we're available through ConnectWise. We're available through Solutions Granted. Or if you want to partner with us directly, that's great. Uh, no contracts, no minimums. Hit us up. We'll hook you up. Uh, yeah. Very cool. Uh, and I, does your agent support Linux as well? At this time, no. It's uh, Windows and Mac. Those are the two primary use cases. We, we do not have a Linux agent yet. No. Gotcha. Okay. Um, asking for a friend that owns a phone company. Uh, so, <laughs> all right. So we can keep going. Yeah. So with privileged access management, it's really designed to, you know, not only protect uh, your customers, but protect you as an MSP. If you get breached as an MSP, it's kind of like a game of dominoes. If you fall down and get breached, there's a greater likelihood that all your customers underneath you are going to get breached as well. It's one of the reasons why the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency is really advising MSPs to, number one, identify and disable accounts that are no longer in use, which is something that we do from an identity standpoint, and enable MFA across all MSP-level accounts. So make sure that there aren't rogue admin accounts out there. Disable them, turn them off, get rid of them, and make sure, please, MFA is really enabled everywhere. And that's does Evo there. give you any kind of uh, alerting or reporting on that? Since you're selling agents tying into their authentication, do you get the level of reporting as far as like what the when the last time the account was used or that kind of stuff that may yeah you'll be able to, you'll be able to, yeah you'll be able to see that through through our dashboard. Now, our dashboard isn't you know as robust as I would want it to be. That's why we're working on that syslog integration to be sent through to third party sims. So that is definitely an area of interest for us in the future, uh, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I mean, honestly, once you have the syslog thing, that that solves it for 99%. Well, for most of the MSPs, I would think that are focusing on PAM and IAM solutions, they're probably also doing SIM and syslog, <laughs> I would guess, right? Yep. Um, so what, what about BOS support? I mean, come on, dude. Uh, if you're not going to give me Ubuntu, at least give me, you know, something. Yeah. No, not at <laughs> the time. So I see one of the persons messaged me, how does Evo compare to Microsoft Authenticator? Why should I use Evo when Microsoft Authenticator is included for free? Okay. Oh, um, great question. Yeah. So, and we hear, we hear that often. Uh, so really it comes down to having all of your eggs in one basket. Um, we, we like to advise MSPs really to have their MFA tool separated from their directory provider, like Microsoft, for example, because if Microsoft gets breached and you're using Microsoft's MFA, now you, the bad guys, potentially they have your username, they have your password and they have your MFA code. Whereas if you're using a third party application, whether it's Evo or one of our competitors, it's less likely for a compromise to happen. So that's why I would highly encourage not necessarily to use Microsoft Authenticator. Not that it's a bad product per se, it's just there's a little bit of risk there really having all of your eggs in one basket. That's one of the reasons why when we were at when I was at Datto selling backup and disaster recovery, we were selling backup software to backup Office 365 just in case Office 365 got comprom compromised. 
another benefit yeah. is that we do not require a P1 or P2 license in order to work uh, for MFA, where usually those MFA services, you know, you need that more expensive licensing tier. So uh, somebody had asked, uh, do you have any public GitHubs because you meant or repos because you mentioned that you had scripts to install? Yeah, I know that a good uh, portion of those are available through our knowledge base. If you can't find what you're looking for, let me know and we'll, we'll point you in the right direction. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so let's keep going then. Yep. So um, that was realistically uh, my last slide here. Uh, happy okay. to answer any other uh, questions. We, we like to keep it very short, sweet, and to the point here. Uh, well, we have lots of questions. We have Cloud Radius is cool, uh, though if integrated with Duo, I had to create a Duo Radius server, then hook that up to make Portnox, uh, to request a Portnox in order to have MFA with Cloud Radius. Um, yeah, so Gary jumped on later, um, but you were mentioning you guys spin up Cloud Radius as part of this. Uh, Correct. And that's Kind of the point that's one of our differentiators from duo is that we're, we're tackling that for you so you don't have to worry about it so we Absolutely. spin up and host the cloud radius server for you at no additional cost here at evo security um and so we have uh also dr zoidberg asking do you provide any downstream liability report uh, or clause in your msa anything i can show to my clients lots more security conscious co-managed clients are freaked out by any new msp mssp tools and i'll add to that especially ones that are putting agents on your system so that's a great question. I am not a lawyer. Uh, I do not go that, that far into the legal agreements. I'll, I'm just a boring guy that helps MSP make, make a lot of money here. Um, so Dr. Zoidberg, if you please email me or hit me up on LinkedIn or follow up with me, uh, I'll make sure that we, we get the appropriate answer for you. I'm yeah, loving the new Futurama season, by the way. I'm watching it on Hulu. Uh, they just had the Santa Claus episode. It, yeah. Love me my Futurama. Uh, and I'll put your LinkedIn and again, it's in the show notes, but, uh, I'll put the LinkedIn up just, uh, so you can reach out and you can get those answers for you. Um, all right. So no monthly minimums, no contracts, no minimum commits. What's the downside? There's gotta be some downside. Who's not the right fit for Evo security. Who's not the right fit for Evo security. Yeah. Okay. I would say we have around a, a good solid 80% of the features that duo has. And those 80% are going to be the features that SMB clients are going to need all day, every day where we sort of lag is if you're dealing with, you know, a heavily compliant customer that, you know, we're talking like a DOD contractor or a government entity, things of that nature, where they, they have really specific compliance concerns, ITAR, that sort of thing. That's where we we probably won't be the best fit. But uh, SMBs all day long, we sell to medical offices, we sell to law firms, we sell to manufacturing firms, we sell to car dealerships that have to comply with the recent, recent FTC regulations that got rolled out, which is basically requiring that all car dealerships now have MFA enabled. So uh, those are some sweet spots for us, for sure. Nice um opinions on windows hello <laughs> i mean yeah it's something that we're investigating uh for sure um we're, we're taking a uh, a deep look at it um but uh we, we don't like have any sort of integration or partnership with that uh platform yet but it's it's definitely something we're going to be looking at for sure right now for authentication the way that it works within the evo app is uh we do not support sms text-based for for authentication right. because it's very easy for man in the middle or MFA spoofing or SIM hijacking yep. attack. So we don't, we don't touch that with a 10 foot pole. It's all geolocation push based via the app or one-time passcodes 
or if you're dealing with a customer like a bank or a hospital where you can't have your phone out for legal reasons, uh, we do support hardware tokens like YubiKeys, Fido, things of that nature. So those would really be the two authentication sources uh, we would utilize if if you end up going with Evo. Nice. So we have here what happens if the host machine loses internet. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good yeah I, I could tackle that. So um, all within the Evo app, you're going to have an offline code. So you'll have the ability to type in your offline code when you're accessing uh, your your machine. Uh, I use it all the time when I'm on an airplane trying to access my Evo laptop, type in my username, my password, and then offline code. You just have to answer your security questions. Um, you know, what's the combination on your luggage? Uh, what's your favorite color? Uh, whatever security questions you set up. Nice. Uh, and just so we can document them, if you guys want to put in your blood type, the street you were born on, your mother's maiden name, uh, just just for you know authentication purposes. Yeah. Uh, all right. So if they want to get started, uh, assuming they're not a ConnectWise partner, um, maybe they don't have a relationship with Solutions Granted or whatever. How do they get started? How do they reach out? What do they yep. do? Go to, so go to evosecurity.com, uh, select the become a partner link. Uh, that will get you on my calendar. We can get you up and running by the end of the week. Uh, 30 day money back guarantee for your first 30 days. So if you don't like us, you know, 30 day money back guarantee after the first 30 days, it's month to month. Uh, it's also self-service, uh, user management. So if you wanted to add and remove users, as you see fit, you know, buy an extra five licenses, buy an extra 12 licenses, remove four licenses or three licenses, you could add and remove licenses, uh, as you see fit and uh, well over a uh, hundred managed service providers are, uh, utilizing uh, us here at Evo today, whether they're partnering with us directly or through our friends over at ConnectWise or Solutions Granted. Uh, MFA VFX, I, it always we comes up. We do not have MFA VFX. Um, I guess I could talk to my CTO about that, you know, just be like, hey, we don't need syslog for Sims. We want MFA for Fax. <laughs> move that up on the old roadmap. All the integrations, forget everything else over yeah. Fax. That's what, you, that's what you need for HIPAA compliance, for sure. Yeah, um, yeah if, if there's one thing I've seen with MSPs, we love self-service, period. Um, so, yeah, so again, self-service here. So once you become a partner and you're up and running, you're adding removing licenses as you see fit. There's no need to wait for your account manager to get you a quote or, or something. Just self-service, add, remove licenses as you see fit. And and I'll just repeat it again. No three-year contracts. Month so, to month here. Yes. We're, we're yes. 100% channel only. Uh, yeah. 100% channel only built for SMBs, MSPs, and no contracts. That's like the trifecta right there, my friend. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that, like, I realized, it, and it was stupid obvious because as I was an MSP previously and then moved into the vendor world, um, the number of requests we get from MSPs that are doing stuff at 2 and 3 in the morning on a Saturday, right? So, like, that that's where the self-service stuff comes up. And, you know, especially the smaller the SM, the MSP, they're kind of wearing all the hats, right? They're, they're doing everything. Um, yep. So, that's, that's it, always it nice even comes in, Yeah, it even comes into play for any of your clients that are co-managed. So our, our dashboard could be branded with your MSP's name and logo on it. Uh, you could grant access to co-managed IT customers if they wanted to self-serve and add in their own users. So you don't have to deal with it as an MSP. You know, that's a, a true, true multi-tenancy feature we wanted to build and we have built for our MSPs. I think Dean is missing one of the Avian uh, RFCs because I think there's three now. Uh, IP, IP transmission over Avian or over uh, birds. So... <laughs> I know one's pigeon, one's avian in general, and then the third one, I forget what it is. Um, so no MFA over pigeons, I assume either, right? 
Nope. Nope. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so what, uh, as we come to a close, where are you going next? What shows, where can they see you? Uh, any other podcasts? What are you doing? Yeah, so so we're going to be on a lot of uh, podcasts and webinars for the rest of this year. We're probably going to hit the show market very hardcore next year. We, uh, we, we a lot of the the trade shows are booked up when we really try to register for them this year. So a lot of our events are going to be virtual this year. Um, yep. I'm on Uncle Marv's IT Business Podcast tonight at 8 p.m. So if you want a double feature, awesome. uh, c- come yeah. uh, come tune on into that. And go watch him on LinkedIn because that's where you'll see the video. Uh, yeah, he's on my regular rotation. Marvin's a good friend of uh, of uh, the network, uh, so that'll be fun. Uh, we'll just we'll definitely check you out, and that's uh, Marvin B's uh, business podcast. All right, my friend, let me see what we have coming up. And again, uh, Nick's contact information is in the show notes below. Please reach out to him, uh, especially if you have lawyer questions. He he loves those. Oh, so, <laughs> so we have coming up. Uh, not that we have coming up uh, thirty eight to thirty eight. Uh, the next episode on Friday with Joe Purcell of Bell Technology or Te- Bell Tech Logics, and on Friday MSP Dispatch presented by the MSP Media Network with Tony Francisco and guest host Tom Lawrence covering for me this week. Uh, well, that's all she wrote, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks so much for hanging out with us for this past hour, learning about I am and Pam and all the reasons not to use Microsoft Authenticator to get something purpose-built for MSPs. If you have any questions, please reach out to Nick or the Evo team uh, at the website, evosecurity.com. And until next time, take care of yourselves and each other. This has been a broadcast of the MSP Media Network.